Welcome to the Food Issues Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Revelant, and I'm a journalist, healthcare copywriter, and a mom of two. In every episode, we talk about the challenges around feeding kids and give you practical and realistic solutions that will inspire and empower you to raise healthy eaters. Hi, friends. Welcome back. Last week, I chatted with Crystal Cargis, a registered dietitian nutritionist, about the problem with what she calls kid food Instagram and how to get your kids to eat just about anything. If you're looking for a realistic perspective about feeding kids and a boost of confidence that you're doing just fine, definitely go check out that episode. So last week, I also mentioned that I would be bringing more mom entrepreneurs on the show, and today is one of those episodes. Interest in plant-based diets continues to grow, and over the last few years, there have been a ton of plant-based dairy options showing up on store shelves. As parents, we're not only looking to eat healthier, but for many of us, cow's milk just isn't an option for our kids, whether they're lactose intolerant, have a dairy sensitivity, or for another reason, but that doesn't mean filling the nutritional gaps is always easy. Having a huge food group left out of someone's diet can be challenging. That's Lauren Abelin, co-founder of Kiki Milk, an organic plant-based milk for kids that is made with only whole foods and nothing else. Lauren and I talk about whether or not kids need milk, why not all plant-based milks are created equal, and how to make the best decision for your family. She also talks about her journey to grow the company, her commitment to transparency and pure ingredients, and what's next for the brand. The topic around dairy for kids is complex and often rife with controversy, but Lauren has a very unbiased perspective that I know you're going to love. Here's my interview with Lauren Abelin. Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Julie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you today. So, you know, I read a little bit about your backstory and I know that you had a personal health journey that kind of led you here to Kiki Milk, but I'd love to hear in your own words how it all came to be. Sure. I feel like my story is um, unfortunately not as rare. And um, when I share it, there are so many other, especially women that have experienced chronic illness before. Um But yeah, it's been over 20 years of managing uh, chronic illness symptoms and chronic infections, seeing 100 plus specialists. Um, And really, it started in my childhood. And, you know, I think that we're seeing a lot of uh, similar cases. They're on the rise, especially in kids, unfortunately. Um, And when I got pregnant with Alakai, I became a mom um, three years ago. I knew that I would have to take extra care of my health. And um, I was hoping that he would have a bit of an easier time. Um, some of the things that I experienced growing up were uh, regular antibiotic usage. I was experiencing kidney infections, upper respiratory infections, skin infections, staph infections multiple times a year. And so my body really never got off of antibiotics or steroids trying to use pharmaceuticals to decrease inflammation. And it ended up just being a really vicious cycle and also just being lactose intolerant and having, uh, digestive issues. And, you know, the, the microbiome I think was compromised in me and, um, you know, the gut needs time to rebuild. And so I was learning how to rebuild my gut when I 
got pregnant and, and then had Alakai. And when I had him, uh, you know, I was so excited to help him on his health journey using the 20 plus years of information that I had learned through different doctors and medical experts. Um, and so when he had colic, it was such a, a hard moment in time because, you know, as a new parent, watching your child suffer and be in pain is really awful. And I think the term colic really doesn't do it justice, what the baby is going through and what the parent goes through. Um, hours of screaming and they're in discomfort. And um, it was a really hard moment in time. And we went to my, the pediatrician, Alakai's pediatrician and our family doctor and asked what we could do. And he said that, you know, you can do two things. You can take soy out of your diet and you can take dairy out of your diet and you can stage that and see if both or one helps ease the colic. And it did. And I staged it. And, you know, we came to determine that Alakai had both a soy aversion and a dairy aversion. And it was easy for me to take both of those out of my diet. I wasn't regularly consuming them anyway, just for my own health. Because both of those, if you do have autoimmune stuff or you do have chronic illness can be inflammatory, which is um, not beneficial for healing. And so I took them out of my diet and it helped Alakai's colic. Um, he's also very sensitive and um, a highly sensitive baby. And I'm a highly sensitive person. And, um, you know, so that can contribute to colic as well. And I say that because I think it's a good thing for a parent listening to this and their child has colic, that the nervous system and the gut are very much connected and it's not always just food. Um, and it, can be overstimulation that leads to dysregulation. And for me and for Alakai, you know, just common things like lights and sounds, daily activity can be overstimulating. And so I do think that that was a part of his colic. And I think that colic is, is a topic that's really being um, kind of unwrapped a bit and now more understood as something a bit different. Um, but, you know, all those things are connected. Um, and then fast forward a few months, you know, Alakai's colic had subsided. I'm still breastfeeding, but my supply of breast milk dropped significantly. And he ended up needing to supplement with something. Um, he was around seven months old and I was doing everything I can to boost my milk supply. Uh, but ultimately we needed to find a formula, an infant formula for him. He hadn't really started on solids yet. Um, we were just introducing some. And so, you know, Alex and I had a hungry, uncomfortable baby, and we were looking for a soy free infant formula and a dairy free infant formula that did not exist. Uh, there's no U.S. company that offers a plant-based organic infant formula that doesn't have soy in it. And we looked at each other kind of in shock at that point. And so that's the beginning of the, the very, you know, first few months of us ideating and coming up with the company that is Plant Baby and ultimately the launch product that became Kiki Milk. I could kind of see as you were describing that scene, like you and your husband sitting there looking at each other and just the light bulb <laughs> moment, right? This light bulb moment, you know, and it's I was in tears and Alex was angry and we were like, what, how is this an issue? We know 
you know, just through our community and speaking with our pediatrician and the dozens of conversations that we were having, that we weren't alone in this issue, that so many babies have colic. So many moms can't breastfeed after six months. It's, you know, it happens that your milk supply can drop after that time. And um, I think only 25% of moms continue to breastfeed exclusively after six months. Um, So the majority, you know, needs to supplement with something. And there are millions of babies who can't tolerate dairy and soy, millions and millions, you know? So we looked at each other and the most pressing issue was our baby right in front of us. But when we zoomed out, there were millions of babies that we knew needed a solution. And so we started to create the milk in our kitchen at first, you know, while we were on Google at like 2 a.m., you know, when you have time when you're a new parent and looking abroad at options, looking for a clean plant-based formula abroad, but you can't really ship that into the U.S. You know, there are re- regulations, it's expensive. It, it's a, it was an issue that we were shocked to be faced with, that it wasn't easier and there weren't options. And, um, and so we worked with pediatricians and nutritionists to develop an organic, very nutrient dense, specific milk. Um, we were working on this for months and ultimately by the time Alakai was one, we had something that we now call Kiki milk that he didn't need an infant formula at that point. It's our North star product to make an infant formula, but Kiki milk is a milk. It's not a formula that is going to take us years of clinical, you know, trials and working with the FDA and it's a separate product, but it is something that we're dedicated to bringing to life because we know that there's a need for it. There will continue to be a need for it. Um, you know, but Kiki milk, there was nothing necessarily for a one or a two-year-old either, you know, the plant-based milk options out there were either lacking in calcium. They were filled with thumbs, um, they didn't taste good. He didn't want to drink them. You know, like we tried pretty much everything, but when we made Kiki milk, we had like a list of what we wanted and what we didn't want in there. And then we had expert guidance, um, helping us create it. So after the first year of life, what are the benefits of milk? I have spoken with hundreds of doctors in their respective fields, nutritionists, you know, over the last 10 years, uh, for me personally, um, trying to navigate my own dietary needs. And then as a mom, and then as a founder of this company and all of those conversations, depending on who you sit across from are different. You know, there are brilliant doctors, um, that I've spoken with who say there's no need for a human to drink cow's milk, you know? that breast milk was made for a baby. And, um, after, you know, the baby no longer needs the breast milk and they're starting to eat solids, there's no need for dairy in their diet or, you know, to drink milk specifically. Um, it just, it depends. And then there's people who believe that milk is, is gold, liquid gold, you know, cow's milk. And there, there's, there's the conversation about raw milk or pasteurized milk. It really comes down to individual um, nutrition and needs and your genetic makeup. And are you lactose intolerant? (laughs) Are you not, you know, what is your 
background look like? You know, huge portions of the population around the world are um, primarily lactose intolerant. And then in the U.S., it's less than, let's say, Asia, um, parts of Asia. So, you know, it's such a great question to ask, and I can't give a black and white answer to it. You really just have to decide for yourself. And you can look at, you know, the the qualities in milk, like in a glass of dairy milk. Um, You know, there's eight grams of sugar. There's fats in there. There's vitamins. There's um, some protein in there. Can you get it from other sources? Yes. You know, I think that over the decades, it's become an Americana kind of thing to have a glass of cow's milk. There was the Got Milk campaign. There's been a lot of, um, you know, uh, like media attention around milk, which is interesting. And um, even milk, cow's milk itself has to be fortified with vitamin D. It's not naturally occurring. So, you know, just depending on what your needs are and if you can tolerate it or not, it's just an independent decision. Yeah, I'm I'm in that camp for sure. I've written a little bit about this and you do, you have the nutritionist on one side saying, well, it has protein and calcium and kids need it. And you, you go to your pediatrician and they're pushing for it. They want to make sure that your kids are getting those three servings a day, right? And then there's the other camp where it's it's inflammatory. Um, and yeah, you, like you said, you have kids who have lactose intolerance. I have a kid like that. And the other, just to open this up even more, you know, I've learned recently because I have a child who is lactose intolerant, I believe, because we've taken it out and she's done so much better, but she also has ADHD and I've learned about a one and a two milk. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's such a big topic, right? And I think we just all have to do our research and, and kind of like you're saying, assess what is, is right for your family. Yep. It's a, it's a personal decision and yeah. it's so layered. And if you want to go down the, the deep, deep dairy hole, you can, you can, you know, in your life, if you want to understand like that, the, the vast majority of cows in the U S are a one, you know, but a two it's that the milk that comes from A2 cows can be more easily digested. And if you go to India, the A2 milk is primarily what they're drinking. And, um, you know, and I've been in India, I've I've been at, um, a farm there and the, you know, the milk is raw and they're drinking A2 milk from those cows. And, you know, people in that village are thriving on it. Um, but it's what they have access to. So it's also, a conversation around privilege and access and indigenous culture. And, you know, it's so layered and it's a beautiful conversation, but, you know, it depends on how deep you want to get (laughs) into it. So to make our conversation even more controversial, because you are a plant-based company, in 2019, the Healthy Drinks, Healthy Kids guidelines were released. And it's stated in there that kids shouldn't drink plant-based milks because they often lack key nutrition. What do you think? I think that I often see um, blanket statements made that don't do a topic justice and create division, especially within um, the within families or parents trying to figure out and do what's best for their kids in a time when that isn't an easy conversation to have or decision to make. And that's unfortunate. 
Um, I think that, you know, all plant-based milk does not equal bad and all it, it, it's so layered. Like we were saying, I do think that, um, if you are raising your child vegan and you're giving them a plant-based milk that is lacking in like nutrient dense food, it's mainly just fillers and gums has natural flavors to cover up that there's no food in there. And it's just like a ton of seed oils. And you think that they're going to get the benefit as they would a glass of cow dairy, you know, which one is better in that case? Like (laughs) they're, you know, so it's, um, it's not a blanket statement that I think is, is necessary even to make. Um, but there are better options and then there are worse options. And are you lactose intolerant? Can you handle dairy? Well, in my case, like the conversation that I'm having and the perspective that I'm coming from, because I'm not a doctor, I'm a mom, um, you know, and I don't have a a professional medical opinion, but when I speak about needing a plant-based milk for my child, it's because he can't have dairy. He's lactose intolerant. So what about the millions of people? I mean, there it's, millions and millions of us. I grew up lactose intolerant too. And I couldn't even have lactate, like just dairy is inflammatory for my body. I can't, it's an, I can't handle it. So for all of the people who can't handle it and they want to have some kind of a milk, a plant milk in their diet, because it is a huge part of the, just the American like way of eating culturally cereal and all the ways that we cook and bake with it and a glass of it instead of just drinking water, you know, there is a way to make a plant-based milk that is extremely nutrient dense, clean, organic, and has vitamins and minerals in it. And we've proven that with Kiki milk. And I think it didn't exist before. So probably that statement was relating to subpar um, milks that were just synthetically fortifying and um, really didn't have much real food in it. Yeah. And we've seen this surge of plant-based options across the board. Definitely people are interested. And then we've also seen, you know, more plant-based milk options, but why would you say that this interest is growing among kids, among the pediatric population? I think that people are seeing, um, a growing trend in chronic illness. And I think that people are trying to become healthier through diet and I think that uh, many people see when they remove gluten from their diet, when they remove dairy from their diet, that they feel better. Inflammation goes down. They're able to heal from chronic infections or uh, joint pain, um, acne. You know, there's a, a whole list of things and digestive issues. So over the last 10 years when chronic illness and, and health issues have been on the rise, especially in kids, eczema, you know, if you go to your pediatrician, one of the things that they'll probably say is try taking dairy out of the diet. Um, ultimately, you know, when you remove gluten or something entirely from the diet, unless it's a life-threatening allergy, I think many parents want to be able to reintroduce it into the diet again um, once the body is healed and the and the gut is healed and the microbiome is intact and all of that, um, because having a huge food group left out of someone's diet can be challenging. You know what I mean? Um, but I think there's so many reasons that plant-based milk 
is on the rise. Um, I think that the dairy industry can be kind of cruel, uh, you know, and when cow milk cows are bred to just give milk and they give birth and then the babies don't get the milk, you know, there's, there's a lot out there that makes you feel bad for the cows. And, um, when it's done well, you know, there are dairy farmers that do it well, it's not black and white, but you know, there's an environmental conversation about it. There's a, you know, humane conversation about it, but I think that plant-based just feels better for a lot of people in their bodies and maybe like ethically as well. And you talked about the plant-based options. Many of them are not nutrient dense and just have a lot of fillers in them. How do you feel about pea milk? You know, pea milk, I looked into it. I, the way that I operate is I, I want to understand from every angle, the, the pros, the cons, the conversations on both sides. I don't, I don't want to just make a decision without all of the information. And so it takes me months and months of research to make a, a decision on anything, which is labor intensive and probably requires a lot of patience from our team. But I had all of us look into pea milk when we were formulating Kiki milk. Um, pea milk has a lot of protein in it. And that's, I think, why it's commonly used for plant-based products. Um, I personally feel like it's not easily digested. I think that it can cause, and that's, that's a personal opinion. And I think that if you researched it, pea is something that should be easily digested, but I find the milks that are made with pea, and there's a, a brand that is primarily a pea milk that also is um, made for kids. They have just regular plant-based pea milk option. And then they have one that's made for kids. Um, the overwhelming feedback from parents is that it caused constipation or issue, just digestive issues. And I also have never bought peas and made milk from them in my house. So it was a weird thing for me to kind of conceptualize because a lot of what we did with Kiki milk. And, you know, this is just like my perspective based on my, you know, needs and my, you know, my own story, but like I was looking at my pantry and talking to pediatricians and nutritionists. And I would never think to buy peas and make a milk out of it. And maybe someone could say that for sunflower seeds or sprouted pumpkin seeds or coconut, you know, or, you know, what, whatever else is in plant-based milk, but, um, it's really like we use staples that were around us that we had in our kitchen already. We used fresh coconut meat. We're a Hawaii based company. And so, um, you know, the coconut is in abundance here. We used young coconut meat. We used the sprouted pumpkin seeds. We used oats. We used hemp seeds. I have, I buy all of those regularly, you know? And so, um, you know, pea is not my, it's just not my favorite personally. And I think it's just used because people really want a lot of protein and you get protein from that. Right. And it sounds healthy besides, right? So <laughs> it has, yes, it can be greenwashed easily. Yeah. Right. Well, Lauren, this is amazing. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about your journey to start your company. If mealtimes are stressful and you just can't get your kids to eat what you make, 
then you've got to get them in the kitchen. Cooking with my kids has really gone a long way in encouraging them to try new foods and eat their veggies. But most of us aren't chefs, and that's why I love the Kids Cook Real Food eCourse. This course was created by a mom of four and a former elementary school teacher, and it's for kids ages two to teen. You'll get more than 30 basic cooking skills, 45 videos, including a ton of bonuses, principal supply and grocery shopping list, and kid-friendly recipes. The course also has a ton of substitutions, so if your kids have food allergies or dietary restrictions, they've got you covered. My daughters and I have taken the course, and it was so easy to follow along that they made an entire recipe on their own. More than 18,000 families have taken this course, and the Wall Street Journal named it the number one cooking class for kids. All you have to do to sign up is go to kidscookrealfood.com slash foodissues, and because you're a listener, you'll get a free lesson. Again, go to kidscookrealfood.com slash foodissues and sign up. Most of the time, I don't even know why I cook meals because all my kids want are snacks. But finding healthy snacks with real food ingredients that are also affordable isn't always easy. And that's why I love Thrive Market. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market that makes healthy living easy and affordable. Everything is organic and non-GMO, and members save an average of $32 on every order. My kids are all about the Lara bars and the Go Raw cinnamon snacking seeds. Thrive Market also has essential groceries, safe supplements, non-toxic home products like Truce, which is one of my favorite cleaners. And they also have clean beauty products, plus ethical meat, sustainable seafood, clean wine, and more. If you join today, you can get 25% off your first order and a free gift. All you have to do is go to thrivemarket.com slash food issues where you can sign up and see my favorite items. And for every paid membership, they give a free membership to a family in need. So sign up today at thrivemarket.com slash food issues. All right, Lauren. So let's talk about your journey to, to launch this company. What were the steps that you took to get it off the ground? And you talked a little bit about this, where it really basically started out of your kitchen, right? It was a personal pain point. You know, we were problem solving for Alakai. And it was an immediate, urgent thing that we had to go into action around um, in our kitchen. And we, like I mentioned earlier, we're working with nutritionists and pediatricians and, and making sure that it had good fats and omegas and protein and sugars, because, you know, for little kids, the right kind of sugar is also essential. There's breast milk is higher in sugar than dairy, cow dairy milk. Um, and, you know, we were really into uh, using whole organic nutrient dense food. And then once we nailed the formula, which took a year, we really like prioritized and focused on having the best product possible. Taste wise, we had a panel of little kids. There were like 10 little kids on the island that we would ha- like have a little tasting party with them after each iteration and take their feedback, what they liked, what they didn't like. Um, and then when we finally had that product, after working with, um, you know, the, we assembled like a real team of food scientists and pediatricians and nutritionists and um, our the kids, we 
found a co-packer. We had to figure out how do we distribute this. And that's a real challenge for plant-based milk companies starting out because they want you to run huge numbers right off the bat. And that takes so much money to buy all of the raw ingredients, ship those raw ingredients to the co-packer, and then run a huge run without any guarantee of anyone buying it the first time you're you're manufacturing it. And so, um, you know, we just, we were really uh, praying hard during those few months that we would find someone who believed in our product, uh, a co-packer manufacturing plant, and um, that they would allow us to run a smaller run because we didn't have the money at the time to make 500,000, you know, cases of Kiki milk. (laughs) Um, And yeah, and then we, we just kept our team small and we, we hired and um, work, we're working with the best people ever who believe in mission over money. And so the quality of our product and the way that we're scaling and building is, is really slow and intentional and that's on purpose. And, and yeah, and they're helping us build it. It's definitely not just me and Alex, my husband, who's um, the other co-founder, Alakai's dad. It's definitely the team around us that we assembled. And where does the name come from? Yes. So the kids chose it. <laughs> we let the kids choose our taste tester group. So, you know, we just, we had like a list of words. Some of them are, you know, in, in English anyway, nonsensical, kind of like they were made up words like BB, Kiki. Um, and then there were words that were like some, like cakey is the word for kid in Hawaiian. Um, could have been cakey milk. It could have been just kind of like no rhyme or reason, Dr. Seuss, fantastical words. And we gave them a list and they chose Kiki milk. And it was very immediate. Like all of the kids started chanting Kiki milk, Kiki milk. And we were like, I guess that's it. Let's roll with it. The kids have spoken. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's amazing. So what were some challenges that you encountered along the way that you're actually grateful for? You know, starting a company is not easy for sure. And my husband would probably have a way like bigger, more, more robust answer to this. Cause he deals with more of the business legality side of things. And I get to be product innovation brand. It's way more fun. So he would be like, Lauren, we've had many challenges, but when, when all is said and done, this has been a joy to bring into the world. And we've received so much support along the way. Um, and it kind of has felt like miracles have happened and obstacles have been moved seamlessly so that this can come to market. And I, yeah, I think when you're doing something with the right intention and you want to help people and you're, you know, pure of heart that tends to happen. I've noticed just from life experience when you're on the right track. Um, And then any setback that we've had, like, if product has gotten damaged or, you know, we've had to say no to people uh, who have wanted to make it easier for our product to come to life. Oh, just put gums in it. Just put natural flavors in it. You know, we've said no so many times sticking to the nose, standing up for what we believe in, um, you know, has just kept leading us down the right, most genuine path. 
So I read an article and you had talked about a situation that happened early on with another plant milk company. And I, it seemed that mm-hmm. you had a meeting with them and information was disclosed. And then maybe they sort of took that idea and ran with it. My heart mm-hmm. sunk when I read that article, but are, are you, are you willing to share that story? I think that when you're in this world of being a founder, it actually is often very supportive especially in your own niche. And our niche is building, you know, a food company. And so other small founders, other small companies, the founders of those companies, like you kind of get connected through just having conversations with other people. And, and we're all kind of willing to like help each other just get to the next step so that you don't go under, (laughs) you know, like, and so we were used to kind of sharing, like, this is what we're trying to do. This is where we're headed. And we had one of those conversations with a founder of a very big company. It wasn't a small company. And we were just treating it like we had treated so many of the other conversations that friends or friends of friends had linked us up with. And a friend connected us with um, the founder of this big plant-based milk company. And um, we got on the phone and we were like, this is what we want to create. It hadn't gone to market yet. We were like probably 12 months away from actually bringing it to market. We were like early, early on formulating it. We hadn't secured funding. We were just kind of like, you know, how do we get into this world? It seems kind of overwhelming. Like, do you have any advice? And it wasn't naive necessarily because we had been having so many of those conversations, but with small companies. And I think the difference was that this was a very well-established it's this milk is everywhere. You can go anywhere and buy this milk. And, um, and so we told that founder, the idea that we had wanted it to be made for kids enjoyed by all this is, you know, the nutrition facts that we're looking at. And, um, and, you know, we got off that phone call, didn't, you know, nothing really happened from it. But then nine or 10 months later, we saw them roll out like plant-based milk for for kids. And Alex and I were like, that's interesting. I wonder (laughs) where they got that idea. And I think, you know, if they had had that in the works or had that idea when we were on the phone with them nine or 10 months previous, that they would have said, oh yeah, we're working on something similar, you know, like it happens that people are working on the same thing. You know, ideas are not as brilliant as you think they are. Like <laughs> right. most, when it's in the zeitgeist, like things come to be and multiple companies roll out things at the same time, just independently and respectively. And that's good. There's room for, there's really often room for everybody. And, and you know, I think also, um, yeah, you like you said, you don't really know what happened, but I think what's important is, people buy into your story too, right? Like Mm -hmm. you have this amazing story and I feel like people are more, would be more willing to support your business than the big guy. People can feel when there's real people behind a company and I can, I think they can sense if the marketing has integrity and, you know, like everything that we do, like it is meant to be beneficial and, and help, um, like it's very different than the way big companies operate. And you're right. I think that the trend people are like leaning towards supporting that for so many reasons. 
So you talked about really kind of being deliberate about growing your business and, and keeping it small at this point. Are you able to talk about other products that you might be working on? Yes, we are launching a product very soon in the next few weeks. Um, that is a nut milk. It's a nut blend. And we are using a nut that's very near and dear to our hearts that is local to Hawaii. And, um, and that is, we're very excited about that. Um, it's delicious. Um, our original Kiki milk does not have nuts. We did that on purpose for digestibility and just allergen friendly. Um, but for those who can have nuts, this is like the best nut milk that I've ever had. Um, we've been working on it for months. And so that is going to come out in a couple of weeks. Um, and then, you know, we have a lot of products over the next two years, like 24 month span that we want to release that actually have nothing to do with milk. And we're really excited about that. I can't give details of that yet, but I would love to hop on with you again, closer to those launches because, um, it's complementary to milk. I can say that it's like what you would eat while drinking a glass of Kiki milk. And, um, <laughs> Sounds great. and we just, <laughs> yeah. And we, we boosted it. It's all whole foods. It's organic. We send all of our ingredients to a third-party lab to test for heavy metals, glyphosate residue. So all of our products, um, we're not, uh, limiting ourselves, you know, like we didn't, we didn't necessarily set out to be a plant-based milk company. We made a product that we saw there was a need for that like Alakai needed specifically and other kids we felt like could use. There was a white space for, and we're continuing to develop products with that frame of mind um, and intention. Like, you know, what's out there that is consumed often by kids is a regular staple in their diet, but isn't necessarily the best quality doesn't necessarily have the vitamins and minerals that it could, isn't really made from whole foods, has a lot of oils, still has a lot of fillers, you know, and then we, we just make it the highest quality that we can. Um, and it seems to be received really well by people. That's awesome. So where can listeners go to learn more about Kiki Milk? We have an Instagram um, and Kiki Milk Co. on, on Instagram that we share a lot of information there. Um, and we have an amazing community that we love to interact with through our Instagram, our website, um, kikimilk.com has a, a blog there and you can find all of our like in-depth ingredient analysis there and the whys in our story. Um, you know, there's so much information. We're really trying to have a conversation around health and zoom out and not just be so specific about like pushing our product uh, because we think that it's more important to understand the whys behind certain things. So our blog is actually a really great source of information, you know, just around vitamin D or calcium or minerals, magnesium, the, you know, plant-based options, um, different things like that. So uh, I recommend checking those out. Wonderful. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. It's been so great talking with you. I had so much fun chatting with Lauren Abelin and loved hearing how she carved out her own place in this new category. Be sure to head on over to their website, kikimilk.com, which I've linked to in the show notes. 
Thank you so much for tuning into the Food Issues Podcast. You can connect with me on julierevelant.com where you can leave me a voicemail or send me a message and let me know about a new topic or guest you'd like to hear from. And be sure to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I'll see you next week.